Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I'm joined by Gerald Borgay, Saul Bookman, and Espo. Gentlemen, how are you all doing today? Fantastic. I was disappointed. My beer's not still here that I left last night. We're still in, in Denver, so I thought we were going to continue the party, but it's not here. I do <laughs> I do have a kid from Kid and Play uh, sitting next to me, though. So he's got his hair looking uh, pretty fro, fly fro, tonight. Fro, fro Magnum over here. Hey-o. I've got, I think I've got like six inches, seven inches on my head right now. That's pretty legit. <laughs> I, knew that's, I knew that was gonna break us both. <laughs> I got I just, no words. I just looked at him and he was like, God damn it. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? I'm a little tired. Is it warm <laughs> out there? Mm, yeah. I'm watching it snow here. Yeah, it's fucking freezing here. So yeah, it sounds terrible. Um, no, I mean, I'm just a little tired because, you know, I love that the Suns get more um, of these national games and all, but those 8 p.m. starts, they, they, they're they hurting. They're brutal. They they're are. Brutal. I have not they're gotten used to that yet. That is one transition into uh, being a, a fan of a good basketball team that I have not gotten used to yet, but hopefully it'll get there sooner rather than later. Speaking of a really good basketball team, typically when you have a really good basketball team, you would have some players in consideration for the MVP award. Well, the Suns just might have two candidates for that. And that kind of puts us in a really awkward and weird type of predicament. So let's have a conversation about this. Last night we were able to talk a little bit about maybe one or the other or both, or I don't know. It's just a lot to unpack here. So let's dive right in. Gerald, do you have any thoughts on the the way that this is kind of shaping up for the Suns? Yeah, so I, I kind of wrote about this on Go PHNX today. And the fact of the matter is, normally when a team is this dominant during the regular season, like head and shoulders above the rest of the pack, right? The Suns are three and a half games ahead of the next closest team in the West. They're a full seven and a half games ahead of the closest team in the East. They've got, or they had the NBA's best point differential until the Warriors beat the Mavs by like 38 last or on Tuesday. And they have a top five offense and top five defense. When you're that dominant, you would think that someone on that team would be an MVP candidate. But because of the way that Devin Booker and Chris Paul trade off these great games that they have, it's hard to make a case for one because it's hard to pick who the Suns' most valuable player is. So my question is just kind of like, at what point in the season does either one of these guys become a legitimate MVP candidate? Because I'm having a hard time answering that question myself, to be honest. You know, honestly, okay, so <clears throat> we'll probably need to do some more research in, in after the show, but I wonder when the last time a pair of teammates were in, in, in con- serious consideration for the MVP um, I, I, I want to say maybe I can think of maybe Shaq and Kobe, maybe. Um, maybe the last time a pair of teammates was like maybe top five in MVP voting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's just so rare because, you know, obviously one cancels out the other in my estimation, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I that that's what I feel like is happening here. Because Chris Paul has, you know, 
a game or two here and there, or, you know, his stats are just so unbelievable. Um, it's like, okay, well, he's, the, he's the motor, but then Devin Booker will drop, you know, 48 and then drop 43. And then, you know, he's the, he's the offensive scoring machine for the sun. So you're like, well, he's the reason why they're winning it. And so they cancel each other out and it's not really fair to both of them, but I feel like it's kind of like what you said yesterday, Gerald. You, I think you, I saw a tweet that you said, uh, if you have two MVPs on the same team or MVP candidates on, on the same team, then you really have none because they kind of cancel each other out. Unfortunately, it's kind of like having two quarterbacks in the NFL. It shit just doesn't work. Yeah. I just, yeah, Gerald, I think your question about like who even is the MVP on this team is one to even, it, that's even tough to come to a consensus to with because you look at it and you can point to Chris Paul's leadership, what he's able to do on the floor, how in a lot of ways he is the guy that takes over in the clutch in the fourth, but then without Booker, the big numbers he puts up, the the fact that one night he could have you know nine ten assists, the next night he could have you know ten or twelve rebounds to go along with a big scoring night, like. It's tough. Like, where, where, where's the value? Like, some people, which I think is a ridiculous take right now, are saying if Devin Book, if uh, Chris Paul weren't on the Suns, the Suns wouldn't be a playoff team. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, there's been a, there's been a few a few people, not just fans, a couple uh, media people saying that too, and I just I don't get that I, I don't see that i still think if you have a league average point guard this is a playoff team now you're probably talking maybe closer to that play-in or five through seven in the west you know it's it's a different complexion but I like i i don't know i don't know that you can say either one is is more valuable because it'd be next to impossible to replace either of them at a level that you keep the sun still as the best team in the NBA by three games over, uh, over anyone right now, which, which is crazy to think about that. There's that wide of a gap already between them and any other team. Yeah. And I, I have a problem with that argument because <laughs> I mean, just looking at the Western standings, like the nuggets are sixth in the West and they're barely five games over 500. So don't anybody saying that the Suns would not be a playoff team without Chris Paul? Just take a look at the standings. They would have to be like basically 500 to be a playoff team. So that's ludicrous to me. Um, and they would be better than 500. If, if you replace Chris Paul with like a league average point guard, like a healthy Ricky Rubio, I still think they would be on this upward trajectory that we've seen. Maybe they wouldn't be, you know, title contenders head and shoulders above the rest of the pack, but they'd still be a certified playoff team. Um, it, it's just, like you said, Espo, it's tough to measure one against the other. And these conversations are rough because it always comes down to making a case against a guy instead of appreciating what a certain guy does. And, and I hate doing that, especially about, you know, two of the best players in the NBA. But, you know, you look at books, book has the better overall numbers. Chris Paul is the guy that takes over in the clutch. He's leading the league in total assists and total steals at age 36 He's kind of got that narrative juice on his side as far as like the way that this franchise has changed since he's arrived. Um, and for the national media people, you know, it's easy to overlook Monty Williams, James Jones, Jay Crowder, all the other pieces that made this possible. 
So I feel like Chris Paul to the outside world is the Suns best MVP candidate, but like here watching the Suns every night, I feel like more people are leaning Devin Booker as far as being their most valuable player. I, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on that because I've seen people go both ways on this. It's tough. Honestly, with me, it, it, it's it's really tough because they both can can win the game on their own. The both they're both clutch. They're both, you know, they both have such an impact with this team. And I know we've seen the growth from CP3. Or the growth from the Suns with CP3 in the fold from, you know, a 30-plus win team to, you know, they're probably going to win 50, 60 games this season. Like, But that's also, in part, the evolution of Devin Booker. Like, you, you, one doesn't exist without the other, in my estimation. You know, if CP3 comes here and Devin Booker's still playing the same kind of Devin Booker basketball that he was in the early part of his career where he was basically, you know, wanting to score a lot more, not really as focused on the defensive end, then, you know, they don't have the results that they have right now. So, but Devin Booker has evolved. He has changed. He has gotten better. He's he's improved uh, significantly on both ends of the court. So to say one is better than the other, I just, it's just hard. So like, I don't know if I had to pick one over the other, if I had to, somebody had a gun to my head, I would probably hedge towards Devin Booker just because um, I feel like Devin Booker is slightly, ever so slightly more important to the Suns than Chris Paul. I hate the the MVP award for the fact that we don't even agree on a definition of what oh, yeah. most it's valuable yeah. is, right? I mean, <laughs> so so my opinion of what's most valuable is, is could be very different than anybody else that's talking about this. Like, a cop-out would be, this is the most valuable backcourt in the NBA. Yeah. I, the most valuable duo, uh, I, I think you could almost make that argument yeah. as well. To pull those two apart and try to understand and quantify who has the bigger impact and who's been more valuable for this team feels almost impossible to do. The one thing I think that slightly sets Chris Paul ahead in my mind is the leadership. We saw it again last night. Uh, in the third quarter, I think it was, he pulled, it may have even been the fourth, he pulls Jalen Smith uh, aside after a dead ball and is pointing out things on the defensive end and talking him through things that that he had missed and, and the ESPN cameras caught it. And moments like that, I think, are what slightly pushed Chris Paul ahead of Devin Booker in my mind because I feel like, Chris feels the need to constantly be helping these other guys grow. And I don't think Devin Booker is quite there yet. I think he does it at times, but I feel like Chris Paul is doing that constantly as part of his game. So Saul, I did a quick Google search to see if um, two players on the same team have ever both finished in the top five of MVP voting in the same season. And it has happened a couple of times. Now this isn't necessarily, I'm not looking at like NBA level stats. This is kind of just a forum type of a page, mm -hmm. but people were saying Kobe Bryant and uh, Shaq happened one time. And then it was uh, Michael Jordan and Pippen happened one time. Then you had Durant and Russell happened one time. 
So it has happened a couple times throughout NBA history. Hmm. I have a question for you guys, though. So the NBA has not had players share an award since the 1999-2000 season when El- or Elton Brand and uh, Steve Francis won co-rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Do you think people would potentially buy in to a co-MVP I think of Chris Paul and Devin Booker? I think it's too difficult vote-wise. Like, yeah, you actually legitimately, if you could put them together as a one candidacy and say, vote for Devin Booker and Chris Paul as a as a joint, but to wind up having them tied, I think is an improbability. Yeah, I, that's probably not going to happen. But I mean, if it could, I, I would be all for it. Because uh, that would be a, a, a duo that would be well deserved of it, but yeah, um, I think uh, was it Damon Stoudemire and Grant Hill split? I think the award once or something like Jason that. Jason Kidd and Jason Kidd and, and Grant Hill. Grant Hill yeah, they did that once before, and it was yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the split. Like, just name somebody if you're going to have the damn award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if. Like you said, if you could put together like a ticket, like vote Chris Paul, Devin Booker 2022 for MVP, that would make sense. But it's, I mean, Lindsay brought it up like the last time that two players on the same team have even finished top five in MVP voting was uh, KD and Russ in 2016. Mm -hmm. And they finished fourth, they finished fourth and fifth. So, I mean, you know, that was the year I think Steph Curry was the unanimous MVP and it made sense that he was the only choice, but like, it's very rare for two teammates that are that good to not, you know, minimize each other's MVP case. Cause for whatever reason, we like our MVPs to do it alone. And if they have too much talent around them, then, well, they're not really the MVP because they have so much talent around them. Of course they're going to win games. So, and, and the fact that like their numbers just don't stack up to some of these guys their individual numbers, like, Devin Booker's averaging 25, five and four. I think Chris Paul's averaging 14, 10 and four. Um, those just don't really compare to, you know, KD leading the league in, in scoring or Joel Embiid putting up like 29, 11 and four, even Jokic, like you look at where they are in the standings and it's no comparison to the team success, but he's basically carried that team by himself and is putting up like a 26, 14, eight stat line, something stupid like that. Um, and it is, we have like no discernible like set of criteria for MVP. Like you were talking about Espo, it's some combination of incredible individual stats, team success, and like narrative as far as like who has a compelling story that's worth voting for. And I feel like Chris Paul had that last season and I feel like this season They should have it more, but the Suns just are kind of one of those teams that continues to go overlooked, even though they're beating the crap out of everybody. But but shouldn't value be your team is winning and winning the most? Like to me, and I'm not saying that every year that that the MVP should come from the top record team, but you should be winning, which is, and I know we're in hollowed ground here in DMVR, so I probably should say this quietly but that's why Jokic shouldn't be considered because his team isn't winning at a high clip I get that he's keeping them afloat but is a float good enough to be (laughs) hey you're an MVP yeah I don't know man like if listen guys only they had Jamal listen if (laughs) I mean I I get I get that I get that argument but I also think like where would this team be without this individual Chris Paul on OKC that the year before he came to the Suns was arguably the most valuable player in the league too because of what he was doing 
for that team to keep them not only afloat, but I mean, they gave people problems like in the, in the playoffs. Like they they almost beat the Clippers. I think it was the Clippers. Oh uh, no, the Nuggets. Rockets. Rockets. Damn it. Yeah. Um. Rockets. Yeah. So like, and Jokic. You know, if, if, listen. If there's no Jokic on the Nuggets, they don't even come anywhere close to being a playoff team. And right now they're in the sixth seed. So I think there's 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 room for consideration there based on what the alternative may be. Like if you could quantify thirty or forty wins by yourself. I think you were in the MVP conversation. Um, and I think that's exactly what, uh, you know, a guy like Jokic provides to like the, to the Nuggets versus CP3 and Devin Booker. If you lose one or the other, you probably drop off 10, 15 games, but it's not as significant of a drop off from what Jokic would be to the what the Nuggets are right now. Hold on. You bring up that OKC team. They had a 61% winning percentage that season. 61%. There is not a chance the Nuggets sniff a 61% winning percentage this year. I They'll be hovering around 500 yeah, this I entire mean, year. So That wasn't my point. But you were trying to – you were making that comparison that what what Chris Paul did well, – yeah, but Chris Paul won games there as well. Like Yeah, and the Nuggets wouldn't win any games if, if Jogic wasn't playing. But that does not make him to me that does not make him the most well, valuable to you it player. doesn't, but that doesn't you're not the the definition well, do you of it, want, right? Do you want to have you just talked about you just talked about you just talked about the varying <laughs> de- degrees of why the MVP is subjective to everybody else. I'm telling you what my okay. criteria well, is criteria and why my is and why my my perspective is different no. than yours and if you can't understand that I can't help you. No, I just didn't I I wasn't quite understanding the CP3 Jokic comparison but i think your your point was if you just take that one guy yeah how bad the team is not necessarily how much they won i get i get that perspective and and, and i i understand that and you're right if you took one of these guys off the suns i still think they're a very good team what if what if chris paul came out and said devin booker should be the mvp i shouldn't be in the consideration this guy's the guy do you think that would would give him a better chance not no. that it would happen i just kind of i wonder because chris paul seems like the kind of guy that might give devin booker shine because i really don't think he gives a crap if he wins mvp i don't think anybody else really cares about that yeah i, I, I think to be honest like if i was yeah. voting i'd be like cool chris yeah nice i would story. still nice continue story, to vote however i wanted to vote <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, I think it would be one of those moments where, like, wow, that's a really cool teammate. <laughs> he's the MVP of this team. <laughs> that's why he's the MVP. Yeah, right? It would be, yeah, it would turn around. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, and you're right, Saul. I don't think that they are even like. I don't think MVP is e- on either one of their radars. I just think it is interesting that we've gone more than halfway through the season. The Suns are so far ahead of the pack, and yet they don't really have an MVP candidate because they kind of have two of them. And it's we can't even as a fan base decide which one is the most valuable play, and that's a nice problem to have, right? Like <laughs> this yeah. is uh, this is a a very far departure from where we've been the last few years, where you know we when we looked at Devin Booker, we basically saw Jesus up on a cross <laughs> because this dude was just the savior of the franchise and getting no help from anybody. Okay, when you guys are are your criteria for an MVP. Do you take into consideration at all the sacrifices that a player would have to make in order for the team to be better versus Uh, adding individual stats? Lindsay, 
Uh, if we were talking about sacrifice, then DA would be the MVP. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so nobody is, is that a has yes sacrificed or no more that you would than do DA. That? Um, I don't know. I, if 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 they're sacrificing, listen here. This is what I'll say. You know, Nash won the MVP twice, and I think there. And he's even said himself that he felt like he should he should have been more aggressive scoring the ball um especially in the playoffs especially against the Spurs in some of those series because he felt like if he was a little bit more aggressive offensively shooting the ball the Suns might have won um some of those series um so he sacrificed scoring to try and get everybody else more shots to me that sacrifice wasn't worth it because it could have cost us a championship right um it just depends on what you're sacrificing and and what the benefit is to the team if you're talking about Devin Booker sacrificing um, a couple, a couple more shots to try and develop DeAndre Aiden or get him the ball a little bit more. Then I would say, yeah, that sacrifice is worth it, and that would be, I think that 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 deems yourself as MVP worthy because you're thinking about how are we going to get a championship or how are we going to elevate the level of this team. But if if you know, right now if Devin Booker said I'm going to cut back ten points on my scoring average so I can get everybody else some buckets, I'd be like, bro, uh, what? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. The the only way I would take sacrifice into consideration is if Devin Booker or Chris Paul donated a kidney to one of their teammates or something. Like, I don't <laughs> think sacrifice on the court comes into play because it's nothing flashy about it, right? There's no there's no real great storyline about, oh, Devin Booker is taking three less shots and uh, is, is playing two less minutes because it, it helps Chris Paul better run this team or whatever. Or it, you know, it helps X, Y, and Z. There's nothing that catches people's attention with that. To be, to be honest, and that's what this all is. This is all for show. Like it's it's why there's a big ceremony where you hand the guy the trophy at center court, or you have a big press conference. It's all for show. It's all uh, you know marketing, and I don't think that that necessarily plays well as an angle. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. Like we want our MVP to be the guy that gets buckets. Like we want him to be the guy, not the guy that's like slightly taking on a lesser role or helping out his teammate. Like we want him to be that dude. Um and I, I just like I said, I hate conversations like this trying to pit Booker against CP three or anything. That wasn't my intent. It's just it's interesting because when you make a case for Chris Paul as the you know, the clutch guy that takes over. You look at Devin Booker's scoring numbers in the clutch, and he is just as deadly, just as efficient, maybe not from a passing perspective, but from a scoring perspective. You talk about Chris Paul being the better defender. We talked about this on the last show. Devin Booker's no slouch in that category either. Um, so it's just interesting how you know these two are both so worthy, but because of the mere presence of the other, neither one of them is going to actually be a serious candidate for it unless all these other guys – and their teams, you know, fall off in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's a, it's all about having these first world basketball problems, and I'm <laughs> I'm here for it right now. What yes. a time to be alive! <laughs> Anything else on this topic, gentlemen? No. Okay. Well, four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. 
bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Now, if you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code PHNX and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Lindsay, who do you think should be MVP between those two? Between Chris Paul and Devin Booker? Yep. I think I, I already told you I want a, I want a co-MVP. <laughs> you are so Switzerland. Oh, man, geez. Why do you nobody, think I brought that little nugget of information? Nobody straddles the line like Lindsey Smith, man. I just I needed to ask that question because I just I I wanted you to pick a side, but never mind. Let, speaking of DraftKings, let's look at the odds right now for these two gentlemen. Chris Paul is at a plus five thousand to win MVP. And it's not a bad bet. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is at a plus 100,000, if you were wondering. Oh, Where my God. Booker? He would have to average like 50 for the rest of the season. God, could you imagine not... winning, though, with those odds? Oh, oh my, my God. God. I quit. I would quit, Lindsay. <laughs> you would never see me again. You'd have to like, I'm out of here. Stuff. I'm like, dude, uh, I just won fucking $10 million. I'm out. <laughs> Booker, Booker's at plus 3,000. Uh, you know how insulting this is, though? Job Morant is at plus 1,100. Is he... Really, more than twice the as good that, of a player, as valuable of a player as Devin Booker to his or team, he five is. times as valuable as to Chris his Paul? team. He is. Does he have a number two? But that's that's the one that bothers yeah. me because they are significantly lower in the standings. And I get it. John Morant's really exciting. He's going to start in the All Star game. We've talked about this Booker versus Morant. But like when their numbers are that close and one team is that much better. It is weird that the odds are that far apart. But but it's like, because it's all he, narrative. It's because he doesn't have a number two. That's the reason why. That's the reason why Booker and Paul's numbers, uh, from a voting or from a from a, uh, a uh, an oh. odd standpoint, I couldn't think of the name. Uh, an odd standpoint are lower because those two are basically neutralizing each other. Yeah. You can make an argument for either one of those teams, as, uh, one of those guys, as to why one's better than the other for the Phoenix Suns. Where when you look at Memphis. Like, yeah, they got some other dudes that are helping out. Obviously, Desmond Baines had a great year, but it's John Morant. It, you could easily make the case that if they don't have John Morant, they are a horrible team, and that's the reason why. When you're when you're singular on your team as the profile guy, you're always going to have better odds in the MVP voting than somebody like Devin Booker and Chris Ball who kind of neutralize each other. And that's the only reason why the odds are stacked against those two compared to John Morant. So you think John Moran is five times more valuable than uh, Chris Paul to his team? I don't. I wouldn't say five times more valuable, but I would say he is more valuable because there is nobody else to help supplement any blow should John Morant come out of that team off that team. Fair enough. Would we? Would, I, do you think the Grizzlies would even make the playoffs without John Morant? Probably not. I, no, I don't. I don't think not. they would. I think there's an I, argument to be made that if Chris Paul or Devin Booker, either one of them, were off of this team the Suns would still make the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. And, I, and I'll say this before we move on, because this was kind of the whole point of me writing the article was that 
Like we should probably accept now that neither Booker nor Chris Paul is going to get the requisite votes or recognition for, you know, MVP honors. But if either one of those guys is left off the all-star team, and if either one of those guys is left off the all NBA team, then that is some serious bullshit because both deserve to be all-stars. Both deserve to be all NBA guys. And we should probably start turning our anger and our angst, point our pitchforks in that direction. I was going to say, Sun's Twitter is going to have a full on meltdown and riot if that happens. And just to, just to prepare, rightfully so just to prepare everybody, like we're, we, we all fully understand that the announcement for today, specifically, this is Thursday, um, is just for the starters. This is not the whole team. Like uh, that comes out next week. The rest of the reserves and stuff like that. So don't panic if Devin Booker or Chris Paul are not a starter today or not named a starter today. It's probably not gonna. It's not likely to happen today because Steph Curry and John Morant are gonna get a significant amount of the votes, and the coaches can the coaches and the players can only make up the gap so much. You're expecting like if you think will we we think Devin Booker would be the one that would get the nod more than Chris Paul at this point, right? If you think half the league, uh, or at least more than half the league, is going to say one is better than the other, so much so that it's going to neutralize the fan vote, uh, I I wouldn't bet on that. The players will have Devin Booker above John Morant, at least. The coaches won't. Not all the coaches. I I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't think it'll happen, but there's this little voice in my head that maybe we'll be surprised. I doubt it, though. No, that's not happening today. Just prepare for it now. When do we find out about coaches for the All-Star game? That's next week. Yeah, that's, yeah so there's, everything there's, else is next week outside of the starters today. Yeah, it's it's usually yeah. there's a deadline and then once they hit that deadline whoever's the best coach in the West and East to get the nod. So at this point, it's looking really really good for Monty. All right. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break because I want to remind everybody listening that children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool that we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Just get your vaccine, people, so we can continue to have nice things like All-Star Weekend and (laughs) sellouts at the Footprint Center and continue to keep our community safe. All right, gentlemen, to quote Monty Williams, Bismarck has been a tremendous asset for us, not only on the floor, but as a human being. He's an an unbelievable worker. He's a pro's pro, and he's just a good dude. He seems like he has been a seamless fit into this Phoenix Suns team and organization. Let's talk a little bit about Bismarck Biombo and his contributions thus far as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Who wants to start? <laughs> uh, I want to... I want to talk about Bismarck, obviously, but I, I want to bring up something that I found interesting that Monty was talking about in pregame uh, yesterday, and it may have been the day before. It all blends together. But uh, he he was talking about how when a guy comes in for a visit, he actually will somewhat dissuade them from coming to Phoenix by saying, this is what your role will be. Sometimes you may not play. That's the way this team mentality is, and and you have to be okay with that. 
to to really be an effective part of the Phoenix Suns. And when I heard that, it, like it hit me, like it brought up Bismarck in my mind because this is a guy that could have chose to go anywhere. He had other other offers, more lucrative offers, and he looked at this and he understood my playing time could be all over the map, but that this is somewhere I want to be and somewhere I want to try to make a difference for this team in their quest for a championship. And it's amazing how there's a very specific kind of mindset. I think you have to have right now to be a member of the Phoenix suns and back to that word sacrifice. Like we talked about in that MVP discussion. Well, it's not sexy. It's definitely something that you have to do uh, to fit in the system here. And Bismarck does that very well. Well, based on the play of JaVale McGee, the last couple of weeks, um, you know, Bismarck couldn't have come at a better time, uh, especially considering where DA has been, which is out of the lineup. And, you know, listen, he, he's a hard worker. And, uh, you know, I, I know Monty identifies a lot with guys that have to grind, um, that have to find ways to stay in the league uh, because he was one of those grinders. And so, you know, understanding what what he provides to this team uh, not only, like as you as you pointed to, Lindsay, not only from a, a on the court perspective, but I listen. When the great thing about the NBA is they have such a mix of international players, um, and being able to hear experiences and hear what other players have had to go through to either stay in the league or get to the league um, is truly remarkable. And the the Suns have a group of guys. To me, at least on the surface, not knowing really, you know, the the depth of everybody's personality, just from what I can I can gather, they seem like the type of dudes that just really want to know what each other's about, so they can all click. Um, you know, Chris Paul is very astute and is very like he's all about the details. He wants to know what makes you tick. He wants to know what kind of way to approach you. Um, you know, he wants the very best out of you. Devin Booker is learning more about his own you know, heritage and, and getting into that aspect of his life. You know, all these guys, Cam Johnson's one of the most intelligent guys in the NBA. Like he's just, they, they kind of live and breathe, you know, you know, information and, and culture and all these other aspects that a lot of these guys bring to the table. So that's, that's the beauty part about this Phoenix Suns team is that it's just, they just seem like they genuinely like each other and to bring Bismarck into this situation and basically have him be a seamless fit um, is just truly remarkable. Yeah, it is. And it's to that point, Mikhail Bridges, um, when we talked to him about Bismarck, I asked him about how he's been fitting in. And he said, like, it feels like he's been here with us for months, like, and it felt that way since day one. So he is the type of high character guy that just comes right in and fits in. And from an on-court perspective, we talked about this a lot with DA, with JaVale McGee, with Frank Kaminsky. Like if you're setting screens and rolling to the right spots, and if you are are doing these things within the Sun system, you're going to be set up for success. And, and Biombo has, you know, proven that once again. And this is not, anyone listening, this is not me advocating for, well, we could get by without DA. Like, no, there's a there are levels to this, right? Like, but... Bismarck Biombo has been very good and he's proven like every other center on this roster that if you set those hard screens, if you roll to the right spot, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, even campaign, they're going to make your life so much easier. So he is, if you narrow it down to players who run at least two pick and roll possessions 
per game. He is sixth in the NBA in points per possession. And DeAndre Ayton is fourth and JaVale McGee is first. So they have three of the top six guys in that category in the entire NBA. So they're really good at running the pick and roll, basically. He's also borderline top 10 in offensive rebounding, and he's top five in box outs. So he's just doing, he's staying in his box. That's one thing Monty has said. He knows his role. He doesn't try to do too much. He stays in his box. He works hard. He hustles. And it's kind of incredible to watch this guy who's technically only listed as 6'8 do all these things and bang in the paint with these centers and find such such success. So for a guy that they originally signed to a 10-day and then signed for the rest of the season, this is a really, really good find for them. Like you said, Saul, at kind of the perfect time with DA being out and JaVale McGee's play kind of being up and down over the last week or so. Gerald, are you closet DA anon? Are you uh no, are you a DA truther? Do I need oh, to know about man. this? Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me? Resist. Sorry. I did like I I did like the fact that you pointed oh, out that, that that nobody um is better inside the box and banging than Bismarck. So I appreciate that, Gerald. <laughs> that, is, that is a horrible misquote. I'm not. Because <laughs> I rebuke that. <laughs> I request that be stricken from the record. Uh, levity. You gotta love I think it. one of my favorite um, Bismarck quotes so far came a couple days ago. He said, I think with our team, when I got here, these guys are believers. They don't have wishes. They have will to get out there and get it done. So when you're in environments like this, where guys are just believers and they have the will to go out there and get get out there and do it, it's fun. And that fun part, I think, is something that's really standing out to me a lot over the last couple of weeks because you heard Devin Booker talking about how he's just having like so much more fun this season than he has in his uh, earlier time throughout his career. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this team has been able to be so successful together is because that chemistry that they've built makes playing basketball fun. It's a job at the end of the day, but the more fun that they can have with it, the easier it is to put out all of that extra energy and go above and beyond and put in the work more because it doesn't feel as much like a chore. Absolutely. Well, winning, I, I would hope this is a lot more fun than any other season for Devin Booker. Like winning, having, uh, having not, not having to play in a bubble, all these things, uh, you know, like there's so much in those first, you know, five, six seasons for book. And this is the first winning in some sense of normalcy to it all. It should be fun for him. And I think uh, it has been in general for everybody, which is kind of funny because you always heard, oh, well, Everybody that plays with Chris Paul after a year, they hate Chris Paul. They don't want to, <laughs> they're not having fun. They don't want to play basketball with him. And I, I think that was more the guys that Chris Paul was playing with rather than uh, Chris Paul himself. I also think it has to do with the coaching, you know, Chris Paul, you know, he's an alpha and you need somebody that's going to be able to match that alpha energy and do it in a way that doesn't, that doesn't, continue to put you in positions to have to be the alpha all the time. And Monty Williams provides that to Chris. They had a relationship prior to this, obviously, when they were in New Orleans. And now they're here together. I think they both learned from the previous instances being around each other, what could have gone better, how they could have worked with each other. And and now you're seeing that. And I think Chris Paul has been given reign because Monty trusts him. 
um, and vice versa. Chris Paul trusts Monty and the decisions that he's going to make for the team, and he doesn't second-guess it. So all Chris Paul has to do is just be a mentor and just play as opposed to thinking about 95,000 other things that are going wrong because the head coach is inept or he doesn't really focus on on this. You know, being with D'Antonio, I'm sure, in, in Houston – was probably a little difficult because D'Antonio is largely an offensive guy. You have James Harden, who's basically only an offensive guy, and Chris Paulson there saying, hey, dog, we need to worry about the defensive end of the court too, and that's why Houston could never get it done in the playoffs. Well, now it's not like that. Monty emphasizes both ends of the court. You can see that throughout the last three years with money in the fold. So it takes the burden off of Chris to have to be an asshole all the time because your coach is reinforcing all those standards as they are. Well, and it's not this super team bullshit that he got caught in in Houston and in, in LA, you know, it was Houston, Houston wasn't really a super team. Well, it was, it just was, him, it was him. It was Harden. Uh, like it, it, there was, you know, they had, they added, uh, Capella, like there, there were things I think that uh, that were more of that kind of mentality than than it is here in Phoenix. This is go out and play as a unit. Uh, you know, I don't think he ever necessarily, you know, maybe in New Orleans and, and OKC, but I don't feel like with the Lakers or with the excuse me with the Clippers and the Rockets, it was like that either. Yeah, it's a it's a culture thing, and I think. You know, Chris Paul has mentioned this, that like he's been on teams that have been on win streaks when the Suns were on that like 18 game win streak or whatever it wound up being. He was talking about like, I've been on win streaks like this before, but this is the most fun because sometimes it doesn't even feel like you're winning in some of those situations he's been in in the past. It feels that way here. These guys all have a similar mindset, work ethic. Um, You know, they've been open to Chris Paul. They've been sponges to whatever he's saying. And so you know, we we think back to remember the Morris days when they would be throwing a towel at their own head coach and, you know, being booed by their own fans, talking shit about their own fan base. And now it's a culture where a guy like Biombo, who is, you know, taking a break from basketball to deal with the death of his father, wants to come back and be on a winning team and a fun team and chooses the Suns. Like, we have come a long way. And that there's so many people that have played a role in that. But uh, it's it's pretty incredible to see that type of change, just top to bottom. Um, and so you know, Biombo's not going to be the guy that leads the Suns to a, a championship. But I thought it was important to point out that he's been doing a great job for this team, and just the fact that he wanted to be here and was able to step in and produce so seamlessly. That's you know, kudos to everybody involved on that. Yeah. How fun is it? To be covering the Phoenix Suns right now, you guys. <laughs> Hell of a lot better than covering the Sacramento Kings, I'll tell you that much. Oh, I mean, my goodness. Like, we're over here upset about first world problems because we have two potential MVP <laughs> candidates in our, on our team. Like, what what on earth yes. is this? <laughs> Gotta really love fucking it. fun. Yeah, love absolutely. this job. It's better than debating the Marley Hustle Award this time of year. Oh my God. Been what we would have, the only award we would have been debating around this time, usually. <laughs> oh man, how the turntables. Um, <laughs> if uh, you guys have not checked out GoPHNX yet this week, Gerald has a couple new articles up and ready for you to read. They're all really great. So Head on over to gophnx.com right now to read those. And also, if one of your New Year's resolutions was to look and feel better in 2022, 
a really easy way to get a W in that area is to pick up some new gear to rep your favorite hometown teams. And you can do that right now at the PHNX Locker. Uh, that's phnxlocker.com. And right now, members will get 20% off any of our Suns style merch. So check that out if you haven't lately. Uh, pick up your membership to go PHNX and then pick up your amazing merch and uh, feel good, feel great, be in the know of all the fun things. It's really fun over there. Yeah. It's it's fun being here because the merch store is right downstairs from where we're recording and they have all the PHNX stuff laid out in their in their merch store, giant uh, giant piles of it. I'm like, oh, this is this is amazing. And uh, we're supposed to I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because, you know, <laughs> you guys are going to you, you guys will keep it between all of us uh, and the Cove crazies will, too. We're going to get hats at some point. And uh, yes. and I'm I'm rocking one of the DNVR ones just to to test it, so I'm ready for the PHNX ones. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna love these things when we get them. Uh, they're they're spectacular. Nice, very, very cool. Excited. Hopefully, beanies come soon after that. <laughs> cough, cough. Uh, only only for you, only for you, Lindsay. We'll get a a I'll custom beanie for you. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate your support as always. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. We will be back tomorrow uh, with a pregame and a postgame show for you as the Suns prepare to take on the Timberwolves. Until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore Suns. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, send us home. If you have two MVPs, you have no MVPs. But you have a whole hell of a lot of fun and a whole hell of a lot of wins. Ahoy hoy. <laughs>